I ain't never been the loudest in the room The higher the volume, the more imminent the doom Don't play yourself, kid, play the system The US government, the largest walking contradiction Listen, if you wanna see impossible, then look at me My DNA is cut exquisitely from the best of sheets If I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm ten toes solid On the same soil that my grandfather's was walking Know your history Welcome, friend, to Quantum Theory a podcast solely focused on amplifying black and indigenous voices. And that's facts. And that's true. And that's facts. Let's go get them. Oh my gosh. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on, man? Yo, we're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> been gone for a minute. No, not really. Actually, it's only been... Seven days? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can still be back with the jump off, you know? <laughs> exactly. Oh, actually, it's been less than seven days. It's been five because we had a glitch. All right. Don't make it creepy. I'm not a fan of creepy. I'm the biggest baby when it comes to scary my anything. Bad. Oh, my gosh. And we already had <laughs> that ghost fly by, apparently, on the screen. Word. On your, on your screen, you had this body figure move from one end oh to the next. Gosh. While you're just sitting there smiling, happy had- as day. And I'm like... <laughs> Kellen, I can't save you. <laughs> Just run. <laughs> Look behind you. <laughs> You're not going to see it, but something's there. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm screaming. It's like that scene in Scary Movie when Buffy's on stage and she's doing, like, her dramatic monologue. And she's like, the killer's behind you. Greg, watch out. <laughs> I think that was the right name. Anyways. Oh, my gosh. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to Quantum hello. Theory. Yes, yes. Yo, I think I just have to keep that button. Like I just gotta know when to say it. I'm gonna become a pro at it. It's gonna sound like it's automated, but it's me. (laughs) Yo, you're so good at it. I think it just needs to stay that way too. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. Uh, How's your week been? What you been up to? Yo. Ben. But you, your face just dropped, so that's not a good sign. <laughs> uh, yo, uh, you know the the podcast is out, so that's part of that's about. Dang I would it. say a good forty five percent of the week, as you yes, mentioned, just uh, yes. the quick little glitch of uh, trying to get it out last Wednesday, and then finally getting getting it out on Friday. Which mm-hmm. shout out to uh, the ten people who joined us for a live yes. listening party. Uh, I honestly didn't even expect that much because it was so last minute and I was like, oh, we're going to have great content, but nobody knows about it. And then you were like, (laughs) boom, we're doing live party. I was like, all right, I'm going to try to stay up and do this. And I thought I was going to fall asleep like 10 minutes in, (laughs) but those comments kept me going. So many people were excited and engaging the whole entire time. That's what really got me. They were engaging and chatting the entire time. And I'm like, wow, wow. And then once once you dropped it on Spotify and Apple Music, the shares went crazy. So... Some people were texting me, hey, I heard this episode, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, well, wow. that's been the crazy thing is the texts, you know? It's only been a mm-hmm. few, yet still, I'm like, people are going out of their way, one, to listen mm-hmm. to the episode, and then two, to hop on their phone and be like, yo, yeah, you know? exactly. It's wild. Exactly. Support uh, has been real. Yeah, and the again, just like shout out to the homies who hopped on the live. It was so cool uh, having the live chat that was going down, and especially because... You know, we kept running into hurdles. We kept running into roadblocks along the way as we were trying to get the episode out. And it was awesome and very encouraging that we could create that space through Zoom uh, and at least get the the episode out to a few people, you know. Exactly. And in that, it created this really cool community, this nice little 
uh, circle of energy. Uh, it was sure. really cool. I don't know. That's all yeah. I have to say about it. And there was There's more to say about it. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> there was some that was running on end in time who hopped in and it was halfway through. I'm like, all right, gonna, it's going to be up. If you can't, yeah. we can't listen now. You're going to miss the whole, like you yeah. had to listen to the beginning to listen this far. So I'm like, hey, we're going to be up. Just wait on it. Yeah. Well, also, too, you know, it was like 90 minutes of prior warning, you know, just a yeah. quick hop on Instagram and Facebook like, yo, if you have the chance, yeah. you can come in the next hour and a half and watch this thing or listen to this thing with us. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, shout out for the grand alignment of those who are able to hop in the live. For yeah. sure. So, yeah, outside of the podcast, you know, uh, doing a lot of um, I, I studied a lot this weekend. Uh, so here I'm working on an art project to go uh, down in the Wallawa Valley, down in Joseph, Oregon. And the whole thing is to interpret the Nespers treaties, uh, the two treaties of 1855 and 1863. Uh, and so I just started off by reading them. And then it turned into this whole research project about oh, the man wow. who constructed the treaties, uh, as well as the different treaties that uh, are referenced to both in our treaties as well as past our treaties. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I spent the rest of Saturday and Sunday just like, uh, <laughs> you know, that meme of the guy who has like the board with like all the like yarn going around and the post-it notes and he's explaining mm -hmm. it's from the, wait, is it from the office or something? I don't know. I haven't watched the office. I've seen it quite a few yeah, times. Like a... just in different like movies and scenarios. Yeah. Where they're like constructing the whole, mess. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is yeah. the whole uh, conspiracy theory, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I basically did that. Um, for the treaties and for the people who organized it and the people who were in charge and running these things because, uh, you know, it, it was a heist. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Uh, yeah. uh, plot twist, or not plot twist, what's it called? Spoiler alert. Uh, it was a heist. Is a heist. <laughs> uh, yes, that's so. an understatement. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's been me. Nice, nice, nice. How about you? So, as I sigh through my words, <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a week. It's been okay. It's, okay. You know, the challenges have been there, but nothing that your girl can't handle. It's just this event. Events are very stressful. I'll just put it that way. Okay. Um, I've been doing them for a minute, so but they're not. You know, they're not for everybody. For me, I like the stress. Like I, that means okay. I'm doing something or I'm making big enough moves. But going through it can be a lot. So we're only one week away, a week and three days away from this Juneteenth event. Okay. Um, we're planning two events for the same day. So I literally have just been focusing on that as well as focusing on these beadwork orders um, and making sure I get those orders done um, and just catching up. That's really it. Catching up with those and then making sure I'm on my P's and Q's with the event. Um so yeah, that's 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 kind of been my world, and of course, quantum theory. Quantum theory can be my zen at times, but, um, oh, but okay, it's good. Zen. It's good. <laughs> it better be zen for me. It's my yes. it's my stressor. <laughs> really, really, this Just, is where you get it all out. <laughs> right. Well, oh yeah. Well, here being here live in the moment. Yeah. Oh no, yes, this yes, is yes, great. Yes, yes. Yeah. This Once part it is comes great. together. Yeah. Once <laughs> yeah. we're like, on screen with each other, it's like. 
we already like we're here to you know it's all coming together it's all worth it we get it all out on the yep. table with our check-ins and then with just the topics we're talking about but it's all good stuff i'm super 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 excited yes. to see where all of these projects go and these this event leads and just to see people coming out so i've been taking a lot of zoom meetings having a lot of emails back and forth buying a lot of things so spending okay, big buying. money for this <laughs> so not a fun buying yes. it's not for me you know what i mean i'm not i'm not booking these Still vacations though. or anything but it's okay it's all gonna come together event planning is very fun for it's 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 stressful in the process but then once it happens it's beautiful because it comes together and people are happy you just look at people they're having fun and so it's all very 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 much worth it but we are in crunch time and so that's kind of what my plate's been filled with literally just working like this will probably be what my you know, things going to be, my check-in's going to be next week, just scrambling. But it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Okay. It's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, it's wild uh, just the amount of things that one can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I keep remarking to my family. I'm like, because uh, I, I, I'm in a place right now where I am stacked between projects. And so I'm not taking days off, really. I'll sit mm-hmm. down and I'll take a few hours off every day yep that's how it goes you know like 8 30 <laughs> yeah. to 10 30 i'm like okay i'm here uh this is where i'm at phone is away i'm enjoying my meal whatever it may be you know mm-hmm. um and then i'm like well i still need to get another hour and a half of work in before i go to yep. bed um to wake it. up to yep. go to work you know uh so <laughs> there's a lot of that uh and i wonder where the line is because I know for the next few months, I have just tons of work stacked on top of each other. So I need to stay very regulated in my schedule to process through it. Now, my question comes in, I'm like, Kellen, is this the way that you're constructing your life to live it where you're always stacked with things? Or is this just a period where, yeah, once you get past these few months and this large amount of orders or whatever it may be, these things that are pulling at you right now, then are you going to have an easier sense of of working through your weeks and your days yeah i don't know see i've i've thought that too and then i'm like michaela you're always busy like if you don't have enough on your plate you're gonna scoop more onto your plate like it just is and so like even today i was talking to my dad before we hopped on he's like what have you been up to and there's that sigh and then i'm like well i've been doing this and i've been doing this and i've been doing this he's like but that's just who you are. You Like, he just, it, there's yeah. no remorse. It was yes. just like, well, you know, Michaela, your plate is always full. And I'm like, yeah. But that's good. I mean, you have to think of the bigger picture and realizing, you know, you're leaving your imprint in the world. And it's better to do it young so that way you can relax and your family can relax in the future. So yeah. you got you to gotta get the hard work out of the way. Yo, you're so right. My dad does say that all the time because I'll sit here and I'll contemplate these things. I'll be like, oh, I don't know this and that. And then he'll just, like, look at me and he'll be like, you know what you're gonna do you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah you're, yep. you're going That's to do the goes. thing you know yep. i get bored really fast and i'm like okay what event can i plan now or what can i what projects can i do that early you know what i mean like it's yeah. just it's constant and that's okay yeah do it young because exactly. at some point your hips ain't gonna move the way they move your Shut arms are gonna up. be brittle you're gonna be like you know what i mean so oh yeah that's why i be hitting my dutty ones but- now uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I just played, <laughs> and that also very serious. So hard in the club that used to go so hard. Once you heard that, Dutty one, Dutty one, everybody go crazy. That's when you know. That's yes. when you know the night just got lit when they played Dutty one. Oh my gosh! Well, then also just like <laughs> especially the, in New York. Oh, oh, I bet. I just, <laughs> 
I've yet to experience, so I'm, I'm down for that. Um, oh, and then, yeah, I'm definitely transported back to, like, middle school, junior high, when it was, like, the whole... Uh, dance hall was like big mm-hmm. on the radio that was a huge I thing love oh my yeah. gosh uh yeah and just like being at home and like really trying to switch my hips and really trying oh, to oh yeah break and dance do all hall, the things and reggaeton, i was there like that's when i knew i was in the right place <laughs> yes. that's when i knew i was in the right place <laughs> hey oh my gosh yo can i tell you a story because this just yes, happened today as we are checking teller. in today Yes, yes, yes. As I drink, drink my coos, uh, have a little bit of water. Let me put my cup down, my ipnacoot. Put that down. Uh, Yo, so I went for a run today uh, before we hopped on. uh, And I was like, okay, good. I have two hours of time. I'll probably go like an hour route. And I headed out. Of course, I went too far. So on the way back, I had to hustle. I definitely didn't plan on having that time crunch. However, in my run, I was running through residential streets. And um, there came a point where I was coming into this four-way intersection and I noticed that there was a loose dog on the corner. Now, for me, I don't do well. (laughs) Thank you for saying, uh uh-oh. For me, I don't do well with loose dogs because, you know, I've lived on the reservation. I I was going to say, if you're not on the (laughs) reservation, it's uh (laughs) uh-oh. Right? Um, And this happened last week. black side comes out real quick. Yo, so last week I saw another loose dog and I was like, I don't trust it. So I like, I I got a branch, like, you know, on the side of the road and I kind of like redirected my route. and then once I got in the clearing, I threw the I threw the stick down. I was like, I don't need it anymore. Yet it was a nice little just in casers, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, because I've learned on the res, like sometimes you got to be ready to fight these dogs. Uh, <laughs> they will chase you. They will attack you. Um, so if you don't like have any pebbles to like toss their way or like a stick or something to mitigate, uh, you know, sometimes you can get nipped. Um, mm. So anyways, that's just who I am and I know that so I saw that loose dog on the corner and it was huge it was this big fluffy white dog and I was like okay hopefully it just stays in the yard it doesn't like do anything and then I saw it start to come towards me and I was like oh let me stop running because the only thing I I I don't want to run around a dog you know uh and so I just kind of stopped and I slowed and then I noticed that uh he wasn't a part of the house. It was actually the owner was taking that dog on a walk. The owner was on the phone. He just had the dog loose, not on a leash. And he was like, oh, it's okay. He's okay. And I stopped. And I was, you know. That's what they all say. They all <laughs> say. And I was yeah. like, um, you're, that dog goes up to my hip, you know. Uh, and I'm not no, like, cute little 4 foot 11 Susie Q, so that's not, like, a cute little dog. Like, no, I am a quarter inch under 6 foot, so my <laughs> hips are sitting up high. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, it was a big dog is the point. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, uh, okay, like, ha, 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 like, I'll trust. And I, so I just started walking because I was like, I don't know. The dog, like, came at me and then started barking. Oh, so then no. what do I do? I, like, brace myself. Uh, And then he he like went away and then he came at me again and then he went away and then he came at me a third time and he was like growling at me. So I turned around because I was like, I'm not going to have you just take me from behind. Uh, (laughs) I was like, if you're going to take me at all, we're going to square up and do this face to face, Uh, which got to be careful which uncle you say that around. Eek. Uh, (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, it was so like it was such a problematic thing. Um, because I wanted to trust this man 
and I wanted to trust his dog. Yet at the exact same time, his dog kept like running up on me and dropping down and like like barking at me. Um, and by the third time, I was like, I don't know if you are okay, you know? And so then when, yeah, that's what I said, like that third time when he came around, I turned around and I squared up to that dog because I was like, I'm ready to go. And uh, then he was coming like the fourth time and I noticed there was like a brick there to my right. And I was ready to grab that brick and freaking launch it at the dog. Because I was like, he keeps like, cha- like coming up to me and like, you know, like being aggressive. You know, meanwhile, the guy's sitting back on his phone like, oh, he's okay, he's okay. Yet by that third time when I turned around and I squared up and I was ready to fight his dog, uh, then he came running over. You know, he finally hopped off the phone and he came running over and he kept trying to grab his dog. And then his dog is going amok and he's running around in the yards and he's running through this four-way intersection and now cars are coming and this, this man is like waving everyone down, being like, no, don't hit my dog. You know, it's causing this whole thing. And meanwhile, I'm just out here like trying to get my fitness on, you know, (laughs) and I was like, like, you know, it was a whole thing. And then, like, of course, there's just the complication of it. Uh, Yet then I was like, man, this is like whiteness in its purest form, because Mm -hmm. this white man is literally just sitting here like, you know, had your dog just been on a leash, we wouldn't be in the situation. Had your dog just been on a leash, you wouldn't have to be stopping traffic so that nobody hits your dog. You know, you're sitting here chill on your phone, all this feet away, you know, you're yards away from me, and your big dog, who's half my size, keeps charging me and acting aggressive, and you're trying to tell me from a distance while you're on the phone with somebody, yo, it's okay, oh, he's okay, don't worry. Dude, your dog keeps coming up and trying to fuck with me, you know? Yeah. Um, and it isn't until like I'm I turn around and I'm ready to fight this thing that you find so precious that now you're putting the phone down and now you're trying to come and collect your dog and now your dog's super hyped up because there's all this energy swirling around. You keep yelling at him and now he's running around and now it's causing this whole scene. Now everyone has to stop for your dog. They can't, you know, he's he's causing danger. You know, everyone stop for my dog. Um, and I was just like, ugh. I was so turned off. Um, mm. And I know that it's like a goofy story and I know it's really not that deep. Yet at the exact same time, it is that deep. Because yeah. um, again, as I was reading the treaties this weekend, it's all a fucking heist. It's all mm. set up. And mm-hmm. this is something that I'm going to go into elsewhere, you know, not to necessarily dive into it right here and right now. Yet we have been living in the exact same thing since all this treaty stuff started. When I was leaving Lapway just a few days ago, on Friday, before I launched our our podcast, because remember, I was having all that trouble. I didn't have any internet access because I was in Lapway. It wasn't until I got back to Spokane that I was able to even put the stuff on the internet, right? Um, I was at Nespers Express at, at, at at the gas station, and I had my mask, and you know how there's all the signage at every tribal building. It's like, please wear your masks, you know, like, it's our tribal thing, you know. Um, and I just, sitting there as I was getting back into my car at the gas station and just seeing all these white people, like, running, or just walking around um, our quote-unquote, or they're on the reservation, they're at our, our tribal place, um, and then just, like, disregard, total disregard for all the rules. You know, and then me looking around at the portraits of, you know, all the workers are natives, all the people doing maintenance around the back of the building and on the outside, they're all natives. And here are these like, you know, 
ranchers and cowboys and passerbys and passer-throughs just like walking around as if it's their area and they have all the claim you know and it just reminds me of like those old west films you know where it's just like all the cowboys walking around the city walking around the town and then you know there's like a couple indian workers and a couple subservient indian things this and there i was like we're living the same thing to Mm -hmm. this day um anyways so (laughs) that was my weekend and that was my uh, that was my day earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, it's crazy once you start digging deep into everything, and you yes. just realize it's sickening once you kind of finally get the understanding of a lot of things. And unfortunately, a byproduct of white privilege is audacity, and they just think they can do what they want to do. And yeah, <laughs> we'll leave that for another conversation. Yeah, but. But yeah. Anyways, thank you for allowing me to show that. In different ways, especially <laughs> with treaties and stuff like that. I mean, even with black people, like modern day slavery is, you know, the prison system. And yes, yes, it's it's a lot of people think, oh, well, those were that was back then. Things no. have changed. Things have not changed. They've changed in different forms. That's all that really has changed is you guys find different ways to manipulate us with current day, you know, issues and. Yep. Things like that. So it's just, yeah. it's a lot. Yo, uh, have you ever seen Grass is Greener on Netflix? I think that's what I it's called. I no. uh, It's a good one. Um, it's it's centered around marijuana. Um, however, it's it shows its ties to black culture and especially black music. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Maybe, okay. I don't think I've seen, I don't, I don't it's think on I've seen that. It's on your list. I don't Nay. think that's what it's called. <laughs> it could be called something it was, else. That's what it was called. I watched something, though, and it was on Netflix, but it was years ago, and how basically marijuana is illegal because... The, um, jazz players used to smoke yes. and white yeah. women used to come to their clubs and the white men didn't like that so they're like well we're going to use our power in whatever ways we can to get them out of those clubs and it's basically to rather than speaking to your white women let's how about we just lock up and ruin black families so yes. that's why they made it illegal is because or made it legal is because or sorry illegal <laughs> because um their white women were enjoying black men too much. Yeah. And then how it, how it just progressed through uh, history Uh and whatnot. And even the studies were showing, uh, Oh, the, the things that are being said about this aren't necessarily the truth. Um, yet the thing that really stood out was one of the examples of, um, a, a family member who, yeah, who got put into prison, um, for a ridiculously extended amount of time, yeah, uh, and and still was incarcerated at the time of the filming of that show, um, mm-hmm. because of the illegality of marijuana and just like, and he had like a single. That's what they were remarking on. They're like, you know, eight years of his life or ten years of his life have been ruined um, over like a single, like marijuana joint. You know, yeah. um, and unfortunately, there's still a lot of issues like to where it's, there's people still in the prison system, and yet that state is now legal. But yet they're still having to yes. finish out their term. And it's like, are you kidding me? Yes. Like, yeah. So. I mean, across the country. I mean, that's that's again a whole other thing. Yet, as you mentioned, uh, we're not far removed from these things. No, uh, not at all. Not you at know, all. it's still that modern day slavery. You know. Yeah. 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 Whew. 
Well, thank you for allowing me that space to to get that of out. <laughs> well, it was the perfect. It was kind of the perfect intro because we're about to have an amazing, amazing guest who can so get to no. the bottom of all of this in yeah. the near future. So you know, and especially if there's um, any so, legal trouble coming up, no I'm playing. Exactly. If you got a if you got a problem, we got you, girl. We got that today. No, no, no. I love it. Yes. Well, I'm excited to hop in. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, welcome, welcome. Uh, uh, a special welcome more than anything because here, Winter, you are our absolute very first guest on Quantum oh, Theory. That's amazing. Ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know this. I feel honored. Yes. yes. No pressure. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Just make or break everyone else's experience with this. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> You'll either get better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yo, so as the groundbreaker, you now have the next five minutes to say whatever you want. And um, so, yeah, we will allow you to do so. Okay. Nay, I'm just joking. Well, oh, really? no, I was going to ask her a question. I was like, what? This is so unprofessional. Cut it. Cut it. I totally would. So. She was so ready. Don't give me that freedom. Oh, my gosh. Well, well yo. at least start out what you're doing, what moves you're making. Like, gave her no guidelines. I know. I'm just joking. Jeez, um, you sounded so serious. Yeah, I know, you the did. Commitment. You had me. <laughs> yo, ever since you guys... Uh, or ever since the two of you helped me with this audio, you know, now I'm like, oh, I really got to sit into this character. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Uh, yeah, no, very much so. Tats Abpine, you know, welcome to you. Nunum Lautiwa Kahimuma, our friend and relative. Uh, Winter Hayes is my little sister, my younger cousin. Uh, her palaka and my palaka are brothers. So our mother's fathers, they're brothers. And so we grew up in family and in community together. And it's been so awesome watching your journey literally from childhood up to Aww. where you are now. And uh, what's craziest most about this entire thing is that, you know, I haven't been a full witness to your entire journey, you know, and there's so much in all of you and all that you do and what motivates you. Uh, that I am so excited to, you know, to begin learning more about and spending more time in communion with you um, as adults. Uh, and it's so cool to see the way that you're becoming a change maker and continuing um, the great legacy that was set before you and, you know, just firing off, you know, all, all jetpacks at the exact same time of what motivates you and where you're wanting to go in life. Uh, and so... You know, starting your introduction with just praise <laughs> for you. Um, Aww, <laughs> truly and honestly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Jeez, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> she has a tendency to do that. My bad, y'all. <laughs> I'm still learning how to receive compliments, so you got to give me a second here. <laughs> but oh, that yeah. was so nice. Yeah. Oh, well. Michaela too. I'm. Um, we're related through, mm -hmm. I guess, my our grandma's side. So that yeah. I love this. This is like a family reunion. I was gonna be like, yeah, we're related too, but I don't have that whole breakdown. So. <laughs> like, no. I don't know the family tree, but I'm pretty sure we're related. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, we are. I just don't know 
by who and where where that is or yes. <laughs> Kellen over here has the whole family tree broken down. I spend a lot Making of time. Making me look bad. <laughs> just we're joking. just related, all right? Let's just leave that <laughs> Look, they told us we were related. We believed it. Exactly. We've known each other our entire lives as that. So we're just going to yeah. go with it. Yeah, I feel it. Well, dope. Um, I guess, yeah, looping back to the introduction. Um, who the heck are you, Winter? Um, how do you introduce yourself? How do you present yourself as a storyteller to the world? Yeah, well, I normally just say my name is Winter Hayes, and I'm a Nespers tribal member from Lapway, Idaho. Um, I am currently an attorney, but I obviously um, had to go through a lot to get here, and so I grew up on the reservation, and um, I remained in Lapway until about sixth grade, and then I moved to Spokane for middle school and high school, and back to the University of Idaho in Moscow, Idaho for my undergrad and law school. Wow, and recent graduates. (laughs) Yes, recent. Um, I've been a student my whole life. (laughs) I'm 25, (laughs) and this is like the first month I haven't been a student, so I'm still processing all of that, but yeah. Yeah, that's me. I don't know what like That's so amazing. Yes. Well, congratulations. Yeah. You know, not to skip over, you literally graduated from law school ever so recently mm-hmm. and it's only been in the last few weeks that you've changed your life completely, leaving the Pacific Northwest and now mm-hmm. you're up in Michigan. Uh, right. Yep. Um, yes, I'm in Grand I Rapids. Like, I was like Grand Rapids. I was making sure it's in Michigan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't say Minnesota. I've been saying just like MI, and people are like Minnesota, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> right. For sure. Uh, so yeah, no, seriously, congratulations. Just first and foremost on making mm-hmm. it that far. And like you said, you've been in school all this time. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, here you are at the precipice of, you know, starting a whole new journey, a whole new chapter in your life. Um, and so I'm definitely excited to learn more about that. Uh, yet going into that, like, you know, really, who are you? Um, it was cool mentioning how, you know, you grew up around your family on the reservation mm-hmm. and how you all relocated to Spokane. Um, and how has that like affected your story? Like how you know, how has that helped you to grow and to understand like where you want to be and where you want to go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm being completely honest, uh, Please do be. I, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> we have Nothing no less. filters on this show. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> less. Um, I am, sweet over here. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I'm, I'm honestly still learning who I am right now. Yes. Um, I, like I said, I grew up on the reservation. Um, I'm, I'm half Native American, half black. And so um, I, I guess I went through a lot of identity issues that I didn't know that I went through until I was like way older. Um, Well, not way older, but obviously like um, in my twenties. And um, even then, I think like throughout school, I was always very passionate about my education and learning more, but I think it was more so and unintentionally um, to make my parents proud or to like make the people where I came from proud or, you know, represent the Nez Perce tribe and our people and to be better in that area. And like over the last month or even like my last semester of law school, 
I think I'm obviously really grateful that through that process, I was able to find what I was passionate about. But um, it's really difficult to know who I am when I was doing a lot of those things for other people and not for myself. Um, So (laughs) that's a whole topic there. Um, But um, obviously that, that was not, I, I, not everyone, it wasn't intentional, you know, like people, the people around me weren't trying to like, you know, pressure me or make me do anything. I think that's just the culture that I grew up in. Um, and I really wanted to make sure that I, uh, was, I did better than what was provided for ancestors. And, um, it's very easy to, it was very easy to get lost in that mindset. And so once I, once I graduated and once I, was like, okay, well, now I need to figure out where I'm going and where I'm going to be an attorney and what field I'm going to go into. I'm like, oh, crap, well, like, oh, who am I? Like, that's a really deep question, honestly. Like, um, where where can I be um, where I'll be okay myself? Like, I'll feel confident enough myself because you can only do things for other people for so much and when you're moving across the country you definitely should be doing at least something for yourself because that's a huge move you know yeah. i don't know if that makes sense it makes but... all the sense completely it makes yeah. all the sense yeah this was um it's well getting to that part of the does that make sense or hopefully that makes sense um the first very first conversation that michaela and i had we had a lot of things where we we're like you know these are things we're discovering these are things that i'm kind of playing with these are things that are coming to my attention these are themes mm-hmm. that i've kind of noticed and I know for me, I kept being like, I don't know if that makes sense to you all. Like, I'm saying these things. Uh, and Michaela was just like there, like literally reassuring me, like, no, I get it. Um, yeah. And and even without having to live your exact experience, um, hearing you share that stuff, you know, I get chills because I, I think of that, you know. Um, yeah. And then hearing how you're even aware and able to acknowledge <laughs> where you are in your journey you know, understanding that like, yo, I have a lot of things to unpack. Um, yeah. That already is major, you know, because there's so many people around us and so many people that we care about that, you know, may not even be at that point yet, you know? Right, right. So the fact that you're there, um, you know, paired up with, you know, the things that you're doing in the outside world, outside of, you know, your your mental, your spiritual, your personal, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's tremendous you know so congrats just you know thank you as a person um and yeah so you know like yeah i get it um (laughs) because it's crazy the things that we that we do have to unpack you know um that intersection of uh being half black and half native it has its own you know a whole set of things i saw Mm -hmm. a, a infographic just yesterday i believe that was talking about queer people and how, you know, we come to our point where then we we have our coming out for a lot of people. And then you have to start unpacking the ways that you were hiding bar- parts of yourself growing up, you know? Oh, yeah. What, what oh, were the yeah. things that I was putting on to show for other people? <laughs> and what are the things that I don't want to have attached to me anymore, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it, it sounds very similar to, like, what you're describing and, like, what what yep. were the, the pressures that I put on myself or what were the other things that I had built up around me or you know, was just a part of my environment and what am I going to select to have around me moving forward? So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That, for that. You said that way better. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> Yo, you said it. I just said it back yeah. to you. <laughs> I think that's one big thing, especially coming from the black and native 
cultural background, especially Native, is we hold we hold heavier weights that other people don't realize that we're carrying. You know, we, when mm-hmm. we do it, we don't only do it for ourselves, we do it for our families, we do it for our communities. And sometimes thriving can feel like a bad thing because the ones that you do love, just like you were saying, Kellen, may not be on the same level. But I think mm-hmm. what it really comes down to is who you're do. Of course you're doing it for yourself, but also who you're doing it for and who you're representing. So I think all those pressures kind of scramble up and jumble up and you throw it on your back and it it makes us hesitate before taking that next step when it really shouldn't you know mm-hmm. but I think like you said it is a lot to unpack um oh yeah but once you start unpacking and you're realizing how easy it is <laughs> and you know one success becomes a next success and a next success whether it's personally or profoundly <laughs> let's say so where everyone else is you know it's influencing other people it just becomes easier so I think the biggest risk is taking that step but once you take that step you know you can either choose to take it and run with it and sprint towards your next success or you can keep looking back you know yeah yeah Yep. So what was your, I do have a, I do want to know, I kind of want to pick yeah. your brain a little bit while you're sitting okay. there. But um, yeah, so I think, <laughs> well, first step, I guess, I kind of want to know, I know you said you kind of had identity issues with being Black Native. Um, me and Kellen kind of definitely addressed those um, on our show. And, started you know, to, started, started to, to, you know, scratching but, um, the surface. And you don't have to get deep into them because I know everybody has those different experiences. Some of them may be really deep and some of them may not be not be that deep at all, but they're worth sharing. So I wanted to see what some of the issues you did have, um, your, your identity issues that you did have growing up and where, you know, where you were at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, gosh, I had... I feel like even though I was always surrounded by um, so much family and and so much love, um, I was also surrounded by so many different generations that were taught so many different things about um, even just your education or um, the color of your skin or um, like the way that you parent, you know, Um, like it, it, it was just so many different generations all in one. And I think like our world is always evolving that um, we fear change a bit, even um, even if it's like so evident that, that that's just like that, that's not right. That shouldn't happen that, you know, an example when um, every, when like all of the riots and everything were going on, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I had a really, good conversation with my grandma and um she was obviously like expressing her love and her support and and all my family did that um but it was interesting to have my grandma open up to me about how um like that even this was an eye opener to her um and my mom kind of chimed in and she was like I remember when my mom was first pregnant and like they were genuinely worried about how that was going to be having like a half black child. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And um, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we've never had these conversations, one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, obviously grateful that um, I have such a good relationship with my grandma and my mom where they felt comfortable enough with sharing that with me because they just wanted to learn so much more. Yeah. And um, I think that's the tough thing about change and learning is the conversations are extremely uncomfortable. 
And um, like, even though you're learning and changing, I mean, you have to get everything out on the table before you can even learn anything or change anything. And sometimes those like initial things that we're getting out on the table are like pretty sketchy. (laughs) I guess they're like, um, oh my gosh, like I can't believe um, like that, that's what you were taught. But Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, like my grandma, it comes from a generation where there was like uh, Indian boarding school experiences where they were like literally stripping Native Americans from their culture and who they were. And then, you know, you had the generations where they literally had fountains for like separate colors. Yep. And so, I mean, you you have to be able to have those really uncomfortable conversations because like we were just talking about in the previous conversation where we're like relearning and unpacking all of these things. Mm -hmm. That's tough. That's like decades of habits and like knowledge put in your head that you think is right. You don't even know in that time that it's wrong. Our ancestors didn't know that. And um, that's a tough thing. That's a tough a pill to swallow because obviously none of us want to like disrespect anyone we don't want to be wrong we don't want to say like oh the way that i was thinking was wrong and i shouldn't have been. like we don't want to we don't want to do that naturally as humans yeah um and so i guess like long uh, this is like a really long answer i feel bad but um oh, no, no. <laughs> no our, not like, at all like, hanging we, on okay. <laughs> exactly <laughs> You're in it. Go. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm just like, and then on top of that, um, you know, even outside of our race, um, uh, we just, I, uh, growing up on the reservation is different for everyone. Um, and I grew up around a lot of alcohol abuse and I grew up, um, around a lot of sexual abuse and, um, when you grow up around those things at such a very young age, I mean, you, you don't even know who you, you don't know like who you're supposed to be because you just see all of these patterns around you and you kind of adapt to your environment. And then you think that's who you are. And so it's like a constant fight of like, okay, I want to do better and I want to do more for like my people. But also, when I do better and I do more, I'm kind of alone because it's completely different from everything that I grew up around. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, so nice. oh my crazy. gosh. Yeah. Literal that, exhale. Kind of leads me to my next question. It was just kind of, well, not to just keep, I love, I, I loved, loved yeah. that answer, but like, I just want to keep it flowing. I just wanted to know, like, if, if what were your motivations was going, going into law and like, did, did your experiences as, as well as your you know, just I, your I guess cultural side of things as well as just your I don't know my words are like they're fl- they're all floating in my brain I just can't put them together but like <laughs> so okay. did your experiences I guess just being on the reservation and those cultural identity um, issues that you have faced would you say that's kind of your motivation with going stepping into law? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I think all of that together was my motivation. And even even though there are moments where I didn't even know that was my motivation. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, moments where I used that in ways that were like detrimental to where I was going, like I wasn't always all about my books and all about my studies, and I'm going to do better. And I'm going to learn so much more. Um, I had to go through um, I guess a lot of 
stages that I I didn't even realize that I was going through until I got to where I am today. Um, but initially it was like, I, I played basketball when I was younger. And so it was like, okay, like I have all of this pressure to do good in this sport. So that'll be my motivation. Yeah. Um, and then as I kind of grew out of that, um, I didn't want to play basketball. I just, I really did not want to play. And um, that was very hard for my dad to accept. And so his reaction was like motivation. Like it was, it was kind of triggering. Like, oh my gosh, am I seriously being identified? I'm or like, I felt like because I didn't want to play basketball, I was being blamed for like being this person. And it wow. was just like uh, this huge trigger. Like here is another, how is another thing at, this hate this age and like my high school years defining who I am like at what mm-hmm. point do I get to choose who I am and like what I want and what I'm passionate about and yeah. um I kind of went through like a little rebel stage and so I feel like um like those are examples of I was motivated probably for the wrong reasons um but it took a lot of like getting knocked down um and honestly not I guess not really having many people around me who understood that made me like want to make a name for myself even more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, And for everything that you shared, honestly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, because it's crazy. Again, like story begets story. And it's uh, so powerful to hear you mention that, especially about the interaction with your father. And, you know, I know it's only one example, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, um, yeah, it, it illustrates very well that um, I don't want to say like misdirected motivation. However, you know, I mm-hmm. think about uh, like for me, um, I grew up with my with my biological mother, well, with my mother and um, with my stepfather, the man who raised me, the man that I call dad. Um, and uh, he's native as well. So, you know, I, I grew up within two native families. Uh, however, um, one of the major things that changed in my life when my dad came around is that I got involved with hockey, you know, um, Mm. he grew up playing hockey. And so then I started playing hockey. Oh, you're getting, (laughs) I love how you both said, Oh no, on your side. Oh no. Um, (laughs) As I was talking, it's always like, Oh, something must be wrong. The last thing we heard was you said that you were hockey. hockey. It was like right in the hockey part. Yeah. And then the Oh no came and I was like, well, You just froze on purpose. <laughs> <For> <laughs> internet life, yo. Internet life. Um, oh. Yes, playing hockey. Um, so then I played hockey for all this time, right? And then I, just, I got really good at hockey, you know? I just happened to be really good. Um, and then I remember getting to a point, fast forward, fast forward, when I was finally like, is this something that I really want to do? Uh, because it became a huge time commitment in my teen years. And um, also, you know, I just had to deal with, like, being in groups of people that weren't the best you know like mm-hmm. in the hockey leagues i got called the n-word all the time you know i was mm-hmm. i only ever had like one other person of color on my team ever you know like it just wasn't the environment that i enjoyed even you know um yeah i was really good at it so it's like oh you have to keep going because you can you can make it to the pros you can do this stuff you know uh and so then that's where my motivation was i was like yeah i'm going to be the very first you know black and native to be in the nhl and i'm going to tear it up and i'm going to do all these things you know so the motivation is right because that's the same thing that i'm still doing in other ways yet it was directed 
in this way that like it wasn't necessarily me. Uh, mm -hmm. And that ca it came to a point when it was like I was like 14 or 15 where I was like, oh, like, well, now I need to unpack this. Like, what do I want to do? How do I want to channel this greatness uh, in the way that like I can? Like, where is it going to best suit me and what actually fits me? Um, and so thank you for sharing that because, um, yeah, again, it was just like, oh, my gosh, struck such a chord because I didn't even <laughs> think of it in that way. How like how so much of our motivation, like, yeah, we can thrive in certain places. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the place we want to be and where we want to put our effort, you know? Right. Yep. Wow. And exactly sports is just that. one aspect of that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even like tap into the personal part. Right. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> 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 Yo, I love it. Um, uh, well, <laughs> I guess, yeah. You got the giggles. Kind of. I know, my bad. Well, because I don't mean to get so deep. However, I'm like, this is the time, yo. You know? Yeah, um, get deep. Exactly. You gotta recognize. Uh, here we are, just a bunch of cousins uh, <laughs> having some real conversations. So I'm like, the, the exhale, it's nice. Uh, I did, you know, feel kind of bad because I did kind of cut you off at the top uh, when you were talking about, like, what you're doing now. Um, and so, yeah, do you mind hopping into that? Like um, starting off with your, you know, here in this new firm, your new pathway, um, you know, where are you headed? What are you doing? Yeah, so um, right now I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I work for Rosette. So it's a private um, law firm that specializes in uh, Native American law. And so they have offices in Arizona, California, D.C., Oklahoma, and here in Michigan. And um, each office kind of deals with different issues that are going on in Indian country. And the office that I'm in right now specializes in economic development. So we deal with um, a lot of like contracts and corporate law and really just trying to help tribes create relationships with other small businesses create small businesses themselves um so that they can grow economically because there's obviously a huge stigma that uh tribes just have their gaming casinos and that's mm -hmm. just where they get all of their money from which is completely false um but we do a lot of uh, like tax law because some tribes are exempt from taxation and so we help a lot with um, just creating other businesses, including casinos, but even like malls, hotels, movie theaters, gas stations, golf courses, uh, wineries, all of that fun stuff. We're just trying to um, help tribes evolve with the world while like trusting that they can still implement their culture and their tradition with it. That's amazing. I love yeah. it. I love it. Do you feel yeah. as though there's a lack of trust in the judicial system um, amongst natives? And why do you think so? Oh, yeah, <laughs> there is. Um, there is even like I, I would even go like in the judicial system generally, because I feel like anytime there is a conflict, the only way if unless we can somehow like convince the other party to work with us, which is very hard. Um, the only resolution is within the court system, which um, like unfortunately fails people as a whole in some areas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, we don't really have very many um, Native American attorneys. And so it's very hard for tribes to um, trust outside their own council and even like within their own council because majority of the time those attorneys are non Indian. Um, and there's, there's just a very low, it's just like factually, there's a very low percentage of Native American attorneys and, um, Native American tribes don't have a very good relationship with non-Indians generally and historically. And so being able to like extend that branch, even to attorneys to trust that they are doing what's in their best interest and they're giving them truthful information that will help Mm -hmm. them make a decision that's even risky um, for a lot of Native American tribes. And so, yeah, that's one of the things that I love the most about my job is, um, and just speaking with clients, they, you just seeing them feel com- a little bit more comfortable when you're like, I'm Native American as well. I'm a Nez Perce tribal member. And um, like, I, I don't, I'm not just hearing you, like, I understand what you're saying, and I, I ex- experienced what you're saying, and you can trust me, but that's very rare, so we do have a lot of trust issues within the judicial branch. Got it, yeah, makes sense. There's yeah. so many trees that have been broken, there's so many, whether it's their, within their families, getting just justice in general and getting what's in their favor. I mean, I kind of wanted to, I was interested in your answer to see kind of what those hesitancies are, but there definitely, definitely are some hesitancies and it takes the right ones to really be able to kind of push that message. Like, Hey, I'm, we're, we're together, you know, I'm working for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yep. It takes a lot of work to get there. Mm-hmm. A lot of work with majority of the times the state or, um, non-Indians, but even a lot of tribes are establishing like their own tribal courts now. Mm -hmm. And um, majority of the time, those are like native judges or that people know who they're hearing and stuff. So there's even trust issues within our own uh, judicial system. Yeah, Yeah. makes sense. (sighs) Seriously, and I'm then, tired for you. You probably didn't even start the job yet. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's good work. Seriously. It's like if you don't want yes. to challenge, that means you're not making like a significant enough stride to actually make a difference. Right. So you got to embrace those yeah. challenges and kind of take them head on to really make a difference. And I definitely think you will. Oh, yeah, that's sure. like that's like the the main trust issue. But I think overall. Um, native tribes tribes in Indian country have grown so much and they've expanded so much and we're doing very well. Like we are still here and we are growing and we're doing so much. Um, And I think like what's anything without some trust issues and working and growing through stuff. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, outside of work too, like uh, I guess I wonder just in a greater sense, you know, these, these are some, uh, personal things even possibly, um, you know, mentioning for us, uh, mental health was one of our things that last week, you Mm -hmm. know, where, you know, we are both, uh, Michaela and I, you know, we run our own business. We do our own stuff. You know, we have our jobs that we do. Um, and then we also have our things outside of that. And, you know, some of that Mm -hmm. is just even claiming personal growth, you know, ways in order, to, to help 
ourselves and by extension our family those around us and hopefully our tribe our people you know um our our black side our black relatives you know um all of that uh what are some of those things for you that like really stand out in your day where you're like these are some major things in life that like you know i really want to get into uh these are some major changes that i want to see happen uh, and hopefully affect this type of change for others possibly what are some of those things yeah yeah um that's a good question (laughs) Um, um i i am also a huge advocate for mental health um i was my mom put me in counseling in the sixth grade, which is very, very rare. Wow. Um, yeah. But I thank her for it every day because um, she was just able to recognize she couldn't help me in, in the ways that I needed. And once I got older, I was able to understand like my family's history with mental health and like the genetic connections with mental health. Yeah. Um, And so that's something that is very, very important to me. And I think I went, well, from sixth grade to I'm 25 now. um, I went through all sorts of different mental health things. Like at a very young age, they they obviously weren't the same things that I was dealing with when I was in school. Um, Like when I was in law school, um, I was in a car accident and um, I I lost my younger brother. And, um, you know, those are grief itself is just like it's a tough thing and it's different for everyone and um I think we just kind of grew up in a culture where we give tough love (laughs) and um we don't really talk about things and we we're we're there physically we were like we love you and we're going through the same things but there's not very much communication of like the thoughts that we have and the things that we're battling um even if you know, even like suicidal things, I, I, I grew up in a culture where it was like, that's selfish if you do that. And so it was like, but I had those thoughts. So, so yeah. like, and I know yeah. I'm not selfish. So like, where can I find a space where I can talk about that? Because yeah. otherwise I'm going crazy in my own head. Um, and so I know that like, now today, it's very important to me to make sure that I talk about it. And even though I'm um, having accomplishments. I, I want to be very honest about my journey and where I'm at and the times where like it, it's hard to even just get out of bed. Like I, it's, I, I feel exhausted, um, a lot of the time and that's not complaining because I'm extremely grateful for where I'm at, Yes, but it's hard, you know, it's really hard. And I'm, I'm still learning about myself on top of, um, letting go of habits that I developed over 25 years. And, um, when you're, when you don't feel comfortable with who's around you and being honest about what you feel, even, even though they're like scary thoughts, um, that stuff can really eat you alive. And, um, I just, that's important to me to make sure that anybody who's in that place, uh, it doesn't matter how successful you are or how successful you might not think you are. Um, we, there, there is someone out there who has experienced what you're experiencing and I want to make sure that I can be there for people for that. 
Um, and then another thing is addiction, which is, um, yeah, it's uh, even like saying that I feel weird, especially like in the, it's so weird, but like even in the legal field, they're very, um, you know, like obviously you wouldn't be able to practice if you, if you were someone who was like going through addiction Mm -hmm. or, um, growing up on the reservation, I was around a lot of addiction. Um, I was introduced to a lot of addiction at a very young age. And, um, I think addiction and mental health tied together in a way I'm not an expert so I don't like know the exact connection but I I think so yeah um and it hurts me to see our people going through addiction and it hurts me to see people treat them differently because they are going through addiction um I just feel like it's very common um and I I obviously understand that like like dealing addiction with a family member is like, um, it's a really a tough roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to me to get like statistics out there about addiction and, um, like inform people what's actually going on. Like it's not just someone who can't stop using drugs, you know, that like they're battling something internally and mentally yeah. and it's something way deeper than just, them going to alcohol or them going to drugs it's like something way bigger than that and it's really important to me um for people to just at least have some kind of baseline education on what it is so that we can treat people better and i think like people who go through addiction um they're oh it's inevitable that for the rest of their life they have to make a choice every day that they get up and there could yeah. be a day that they make the wrong choice. Yeah. But we can be at least committed to still loving them through whatever choice and trying to help them in whatever way that we can. And sometimes you do have to love from a distance. I'm not taking away from that at all. Yeah. Um, but I just want I just want the like I, the, the notion that they're like, they're these different people that we can't help and we can't understand. Like I, I would love to just sit down and have a conversation with someone who, um, is going through addiction because I want to hear them and I want to know what it is that they're truly battling. And I feel like there should just be like some sort of like foundation and education for people to understand, like, that it's something way bigger and it's a battle that is bigger than all of us. Yeah. Wow. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for for all of that. Um, And it's, it's so great too, because I, it just makes me think of, yeah, the people in your life and where you see it, where you experience it. Um, And then again, like I, as I mentioned, you know, we're family, I've, I've known you, you know, since you were born, you know, you're eight years younger than me. Um, you know, I've always grown up with the pictures in my life, you know, of, you know, you and your sister forever, you know, uh, and, and then, you know, of course the other two later, cause you know, there's a gap. The other two. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't mean to say it like that. Uh, no. I'm not trying to throw everyone's business out. Hey, I'm just joking. Uh, moral is, um, yeah, still, in that though, like you, you mentioned these things and, and these things that you're around, um, in these areas and environments that you had to experience, you know? Um, and so even as, as much as, you know, I want to say, oh yeah, we are 
uh, very connected because we are. We have our family relation. We have our stories that unite us. Yet uh, that's where the depth kind of needs to be searched out. You know, you mentioned mm-hmm. even how like our families, we experience the same losses together. Yet we don't yeah. always process through the emotions or the situations, the thoughts that we have. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't take away from the love that we share and that that we, you know, experience together in the in the times that we, you know, are around each other or, you know, wh- whatever it may be. Uh, yet it is funny that we don't always take that extra step to fall into to the depth of things, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, I appreciate you so much for opening up about these things. And, uh, it is great to hear you say from, for yourself, you know, what are the things that have influenced you? What are the things that you've been working to process through and, um, how that is now, you know, a part of what motivates you or, you know, some of the, some of the things that you see as a priority. Yeah for yourself and for our family and for um, the greater community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the car drives by right now. I'll never hear that in the back. I was wondering no. what that was. It looked like so at the start of the show, it looked like someone like, I seen a shadow. It looked like it walked <laughs> from one side of the screen to the next side of the oh, screen. Oh, gosh. I'm like, all right, Kellen, I need to, you know, either chat with him or something and be like, hey, you need a smudge. Like, yeah. Well, it makes sense <laughs> if you have a window and there's cars driving by. But I was about to bring that up to you at the end of the, at the when we were done. Like, hey, you got somebody in your room, man. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I would relax, except for we're like up. And the street is like down there. Oh, so there, okay. There well. isn't anything passing in front of the window. Well, it looked like a little uh, shadow from the left to the right, like right above your head. Oh like, god! Oh no! You might have to just go back there, like at the beginning of the recording, and okay. then you'll see what I'm talking about. Go back and look. Oh my gosh, Hoots is here. Oh no! Just joking. Oh my gosh. May I also ask, one thing that always stands out for me is that, again, I grew up with both uh, my native mom and uh, my stepdad, again, the, the, the man that I call father, the man that I call dad, who's also native. Um, he's half native, half white, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And so I grew up around two native families. And so for me, my black identity has always just been on me to develop uh, through my outside world, through my friendships. Um, and however I chose to express that and and to deepen it, you know? Um, And so I always wonder um, about that aspect in in the household too, because as we find, you know, all all three of us, we are all black, we're all native, and we both hold tight to our identities, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And we don't often allow uh, separation to come through, you know? It's, you know, we're both, you know, we claim them, sorry. This is what happens. You have anything. to work on the fly. <laughs> we claim both identities is the point. And um, at the exact same time, we can find um, inclination. So like, you know, I do a lot of beadwork. Michaela does a lot of beadwork. You know, we do a lot of uh, traditional arts, you know, uh, things that lean towards our native side. We have that attachment to our families. Uh, and I always mm-hmm. wonder, like for me, I've just always explained it in that way. Yeah, I wonder when you have... Um, both your parents uh, of, you know, your different cultures in your family and around you, uh, and as well as siblings, like how, how does that cultivate your identity? Or like, how does that play into you experiencing what you want to express as yourself? 
I I really just like within the past few years, I feel like I j- have just been able to dive into both sides of um, my culture and who I am. And, um, you know, like, like I said, I, I grew up on the reservation. So it was, that's all that I was learning. I was learning my language. I was learning my tradition. I was learning um, my culture. And, um, you know, I'd have to talk to my dad about like, why he parented the way he did. But I, I think he might have also felt like he couldn't be or express much of his black side mm-hmm. because we we didn't I wasn't really I didn't grow up around that side of me like yeah. um I just met my dad's family this weekend and I'm 25 that was my wow. first time ever meeting any of them wow. and that was like my dad had gone like 23 years not seeing them in person um and uh that that's like a lot to unpack um, that I'm sure contributed to a lot of the identity issues because, um, you know, either didn't have that other half there to learn from, or it just wasn't really talked about much enough to like grasp onto, like I was able to with my, uh, Native American side. And, um, so I, I do think like pieces of it came out in my dad's parenting. Like he was very much like a tough love and like very strict and uh, I don't know anything with like staying the night with friends or any of that. He was very, he had that like Southern way of parenting. Okay. Um, and as I'm older now, I'm able to have conversations with him about just you know, how he grew up in the love that he grew up in and, you know, why he parented the way that he did. And, um, I think now I'm learning, I'm, I'm just now learning how to, uh, balance the two, if I'm being honest. Well, thank you for honesty, you know, (laughs) I'm not trying to have no Miss Sammy around here. (laughs) What part of the South are they, um, from? Louisiana. Oh, dang, they're South, South. (laughs) Yeah, South, South. Like, get up at 4.30 in the morning and mow the lawn. Like, very strict, uh, (laughs) very routine. Um, And that's how my dad was. And um, he just grew up on very tough love. And so I don't really think I even started talking about emotions and stuff until I got older older with him. Mm -hmm. Wow, makes sense. My dad's kind of similar. So (laughs) that's why I was curious. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, because that's, that's something that, you know, we've talked about, you know, just the connection with and then also how, you know, a black father may feel um, kind of pushed out or not supported. Uh, and so they defer to the native side, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's strange because, I mean, even for me, I'm, I'm 33. And the first time that I spoke to my biological father um, was when I was 31, I think, going on 32. You know, so just recently, oh. it was only in the last few years. And I remember yeah. just we've only had phone conversations yet after that and learning about my family and learning about him uh, and his life. I, I had this great affirmation in my, in who I am, you know, like oh, yeah. I always knew I was mm-hmm. black and I always made sure that, you know, like I am black, you know, I said that mm-hmm. uh, and felt that and lived that yet 
the awakening that came from simply having a conversation with, uh, you know, a biological family member, it was huge uh, how, yep. how, how much that was, you know? So when you talk about like, even just having these conversations with your dad in this point, like, yeah, it's huge. It's monumental, you know? Um, one of the cool things, or not cool things, one of, the, one of the major things that stood out from my conversation with him was him talking about being intimidated by my mom's family, how they were super traditional. You know, he mentioned about mm -hmm. the horses that had to be given uh, in order to court uh, my mom. You know, like, you know, they talk about that, like, oh, if you're going to marry this woman, you know, you better have a couple horses to give and, you know, this and that. And he mentioned these things. Um, so, like, I know it wasn't just out of nowhere, you know, like he definitely experienced um, this energy. Um, yeah. which is so loving and it's so embracing because, yeah, we've been taken in by this community uh, because we're a part of the community, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so we've always been covered in love in that way. Yet, uh, yeah, then I just always wonder about, you know, the partner to that, you know? In our cases, yeah. for all three of us, it's our dad. Um, mm -hmm. And for mine, he, he completely, not that it was the only reason, yet it was another reason of like, oh, like, I can't be around that, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, My yeah. dad was the opposite. He would he would like go like go sweat with people. He yes. everyone was very welcoming and that was amazing. Like I'm glad that he had that. Um there it, just on the other side of that, I am just now learning about like the other half of me. I did have one last question. I yeah, wanted just to know. Please. Um, I know Go we already dragged it. your time. Well, but, yeah, that's no. what I was like. I had one more question, <laughs> I know, I too. I didn't that's know, though. That's what I was like. I, I figured that's Go where you are going. And I was I like, let's wait until we see what she says. And yeah, so go quiet. Quiet. But, like, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, if it was to be the last question, I don't know if Kellen can arrange it that way. But um, I just kind of want to see what yeah. you hope to, you know, what imprint do you hope to leave in the world? Like, what do you hope to change and make a difference in? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a deep question. Yeah, um, heavy, but don't overthink it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think overall, just like within the last year, um, I feel very passionate and dedicated about serving. Um, and I feel like we can all serve in different ways. And I feel very passionate about serving for people who are just need like that little push to be able to speak up about whatever it is um like in with the law majority of the time our people just they don't know they don't know how I from like historically they we were like in negotiations we were tricked we we didn't even know the language yep um so in the law I, I became really passionate about that because I want to make sure that there's never a time where our people don't know. They don't, where they don't know what they're signing. They don't know what's going on, um, where they're being like pitted to be in this circle as this group of people who just don't know. And they're just sitting there on a reservation because that was the federal government's whole intention from yeah. the beginning. And so I, you know, want to leave like a, a print just in, like being a voice for people who just need to be reminded that they actually do have a voice and they actually can speak up. And, and that's even with mental health. Um, that's with life. Yeah. That's with education because even though 
thankfully I, I did get a law degree. It wasn't easy. And, you know, there, there were, it, it took, it was really hard work and, and I lost family members while I was in school. And we have a lot of our people who don't go to school just because they're terrified of leaving where everything that they've ever known. And I want to be able to let people know that they, it like school isn't everything. It's, it is really amazing and it's good yeah. to have an education, but I genuinely feel that we are all gifted with something. My yes. brother that passed away was amazing at hunting and he loved that. And he provided for our entire family and that that was enough our yeah. my uncle loves art he loves to paint he loves to draw and i want people to know like it it doesn't matter what it is just like whatever whatever it is that makes you feel happy that you're passionate about i just want to be a voice and let people know that you know like you can do that and that's just what I'm trying to do. I don't know if I'm doing it yet, but that's what I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, no, you're doing it for sure. Oh, thank you. I'm grateful for both of you for creating this platform and everything that you do for the community. I feel like we're all blessed with different things and we all can contribute in different ways. And I see them all as equal. And so I'm, I'm just really grateful that you guys provided this opportunity where we can just talk and be real and be honest um, about things that uh, we don't really talk about in society. Thank you. But yes. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. We for appreciate sure. it. You had a lot of wisdom you were dropping. So I'm saying. <laughs> she came ready to teach today. So yeah. I want to um, share this with our audience. Well, dope. Uh, again, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, you know, thank you so much for being our very first guest on Quantum Theory. You've also yeah. seen the most chaotic entrance to our <laughs> <laughs> to one of our episodes. So, uh, you know, you're welcome for the entertainment. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm just joking. <laughs> I enjoyed this, so I'm proud of you both as well for everything that you're doing. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with my crew, simply talking our Black Native talk like we do. There's a whole lot more for us to discuss, though, so stay locked in. You can check out our episodes on quantumtheorypod.com and feel free to send in any topics, questions, or small business shout outs to our socials. And you might just hear us discuss it on air. Our IG handle is at quantumtheorypod and you can also find us on facebook.com backslash quantumtheory. So be kind to yourself out there. Know that you're a boss and drink plenty of water. See you next time. A special shout out to our Black and Amipu brother Izzy, the mastermind behind the music you hear on the show. Cuts you out, yo, Nick. Thank you so much, man. You can check him out on Instagram. Search triple underscore I Z Z Y period underscore. Hello, that's all.